You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Here to bring you all the casual conversation on the concerts, shows, movies, films, events, things that we observe and see throughout (laughs) our careers. Today we're talking about 13 The Musical, uh, the movie adaptation of the Broadway show, which is coming out on Netflix. So just letting you all know, you have been warned there will be uh, spoilers featured today about this. Um, this Netflix film is scheduled for release on Friday, August 12th, 2022 on Netflix. So if you're listening to this and it's already out, which it is because this is coming out on the same day, <laughs> you will have an opportunity to go see that on Netflix. Um, we're not necessarily talking 100% about the stage production from 2008, although we will talk about that a little bit. This is about 13, the musical Netflix version um, in 2022. We will talk about how I have never seen it. <laughs> yes, right. We're talking about the movie. The yes. movie. The film was directed by Tamara Davis with a screenplay by Robert Horn based on 13, the Broadway musical by Jason Robert Brown, uh, also by Robert Horn and Dan Elish. This is a, a Broadway musical from 2007 to uh, really 2008, 2007 to 2008. Um, that ran on Broadway for a little bit, um, featuring Ariana Grande, actually. For those who didn't know, Ariana Grande was in the original Broadway cast of this. Before she was. Before she's a mega, mega superstar now. Star. Um, and just so you know a little bit of the premise, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this, or hopefully if you're listening right now, you've seen this. After moving from New York to Indiana in the wake of his parents' divorce, a clever middle schooler named Evan is determined to throw his bar mitzvah and have the best bar mitzvah he can have. What are your thoughts? Oh, actually, wait, before we go into that, I would like to say that we were at the New York City premiere film screening of this on August 8th um, at the Paris Theater in Midtown Manhattan, which was really, really exciting. We got to meet some cool people. We were there. Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. But let's just talk a little bit about the film overall and what your thoughts are on this film, Jeff, from a story perspective and music. And what are your thoughts on the film? I'll just give my quick overall thought here. Um, I really enjoyed the movie, <laughs> which I think is shocking to <laughs> Richie. Yeah, because but... I can't get him on the high school musical train. And so I thought maybe he, I'm not sure if, what he, I would have thought of you. I just find that still this... to be corny. Like to this know, day, it's corny. <laughs> so why, tell me why you liked this then. And, uh, I liked this because I, 
maybe it was the environment that we were in, just having everyone there that was in the show, well, in the film, it was like all of the young actors were there and people were cheering when they were on the screen and it was great. Maybe it was just that, but I really thought that this was the perfect kind of coming of age film right now, you know, that is also set in a musical environment. So I think where High School Musical and some of these High School Musical things could verge on being corny and a little dated at times, even I find that with the series. I mean, it's fun, it's catchy, and people love it, but this seemed to be more rooted in reality for mm-hmm. me, and I think that's why I really enjoyed this film. I really enjoyed it. I loved the musical numbers. I've known some of the musical numbers from the Broadway cast recording. There were some additional songs in this movie, mm-hmm. which was really great, and I loved that. I found that the whole score was really freshened up for this, and it was really uh, more pop-heavy, and it had a brighter tone to it. The tempos seemed maybe a little faster, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong on that. Um I really, really enjoyed it. I would like to make a really interesting point, though, because there was some really, really cool casting choices here. I mean, Eli Golden, who played Evan Goldman, was great. Mm-hmm. I thought he really carried the whole film really well. I loved Rhea Perlman's appearance as Grandma Ruth, Josh Peck as Rabbi Shapiro, Deborah Messing as Jessica Goldman, Evan's mom, among all the other children. It was so cool. I think what's the most interesting thing here is if you know this – from the Broadway production, the 13 Broadway production was the first and possibly only Broadway musical to have a complete cast and band entirely made up of teenagers. Mm-hmm. There was no adult characters in the Broadway run of this. So for the film, adult characters were added. Yeah. So I thought that was cool because it did allow you to see a little bit more of a different perspective. However, I did like that there was this idea that this whole show was just about the kids, featuring the kids, the teenagers, I should say, and to have the band. That's very, very, very cool. I found with this film that because of the addition of the adult characters, there was a little bit of a sense of lag in some of the book scenes for me. I found that every time a book scene came, I was like, okay, when's the next song? Because the songs were so strong and the singing and the dancing was amazing. And then we got some of the book scenes and I didn't really feel like all the adult relationships really completed. Mm -hmm. And this is just me really looking at this with a microscope. There was the problems with the mother and the father. They were going to live with the grandmother. I thought it was nice, but... I don't know. Part of it just seemed to me like we didn't really need it. Kind of like the Broadway show didn't really have it either, you know? I don't know what your thoughts were on that, if the addition of the adult characters worked for you or not. Yeah, the adult acting kind of seemed a little forced. Mm. And Mm. in a story where it probably wasn't needed, it was really nice to see these teens and preteens really kind of get there and kind of really own the film. Mm -hmm. They owned the film from some you know, greats that have been in the industry for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's not to discredit them, but it, you can really see that it, it wasn't rooted in the adults in this film. I think by adding the duet for Deborah Messing tried to help bring some musicality to the adults, but I didn't know if it was necessarily needed. Yeah. I thought this was enough with the kids. And, and so like, it was, there were some funny one-liners from Josh Peck and Ray Perlman and Deborah Messing. Sure. They added some comedy element to it, but the acting kind of came across as mm, mm. safe. Yeah. Peter Herman was also the father Joel Goldman. Right. So there was some other, there was quite right. a few um, moments there. It just seemed like I, it was, I was so much more into the songs yeah. and the story from the kids perspective. 
Right. And every time he went back to the adult scene, he's like, oh, come on. I want to go back to another kid's song. Just because of how this started, it was kind of groundbreaking where, to have all these teenagers on Broadway doing this. Right, where I think it may have moved along for us, where we, some of the book scenes in this film, you know, there was cheering happening after each musical number. So the book scenes are short, too. Uh, and that cheering kind of overlapping some of it, it didn't really bother me because it, the stiff parts were getting kind of omitted for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, and like you said, we were at the film screening. So the cast was there. We were sitting amongst the cast and they were cheering each other on during the screening. And and that was fun and probably something that normally doesn't happen at a screening, Mm -hmm. but still I'm very curious to see what, people see when they see this at home mm-hmm, mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. like, Oh, they're probably going to be like, Oh, maybe that wasn't needed. Those book mm-hmm. scenes or mm-hmm. how did they freshen them up? Because some of the acting, yeah, just seemed stiff in those areas. It was just mm-hmm. like, I know it was to move plot along way right. quicker than a right. Broadway musical right. does, but still, you know, well, I think this is, it is important to tell a story like this. I love giving 13-year-olds a voice like this and right. let them explain what they're going through. From 2008 to 2022, a 13-year-old's life is a little different even there now too, right? I think the dis- – I also really appreciated the discussion of the Jewish culture and how that was a prominent aspect of the plot here. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. I liked the additional music from Jason Robert Brown. He's amazing. I, I really think everything he does is so strong. And he writes really, really well um, the music and the lyric, and it's just really strong. So to me, out of everything, the strongest parts and the things I like the most were the music. And I, I have to shout out the choreographer, Jamal Sims. That choreography is Amazing. Amazing. And these kids, oh, and we learned because the producers and Jason Brown spoke at the beginning of the film screening. Mm-hmm. So we got to see them speak and we learned that they cast all 13-year-olds 13, 13 in this. Yeah. Actual f- actors at 13 years of age were cast in the film just like on the Broadway stage with teenagers. Mm-hmm. And – it is amazing to me that these kids are dancing like that at 13 years old. I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that now. I don't, I couldn't do that then. Like these kids are so talented yeah. and they make it look so easy. It's like, and this kind of goes into a question I wanted to ask you and I wanted to ask our listeners too. When you see things like Grease and you see things like Mean Girls and a lot of times actors are cast older, mm-hmm. especially on the Broadway stage. So is more age-appropriate casting possible for future productions on Broadway, given the casting that we see here with 13? Well, I think that question kind of goes for both film and Broadway, because I think, yes, it, they should be cast age-appropriately. I don't really understand why we're casting people that are either late teenagers or even early 20-year-olds playing um, high school students or middle school students. It just doesn't work for me. And I get it that it's probably easier in a movie because you film over a span of months and months and even sometimes years. But on a stage, you're kind of demanded more. So it would be interesting to see how producers and creative teams work with more age-appropriate actors because it's easy probably when someone is young and you can cast multiple um, young actors, but a middle school student is probably getting seen, wanting to be seen in that show the eight times a week or however many times a week well, versus splitting the role with other people. You see it, you know, in Mean Girls on Broadway, in The Prom on Broadway, in To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. The child and teen actors are cast 
with older people, right? right? I think this movie totally shows how amazing a 13-year-old, and maybe some of them were 14, you know, I'm sure, maybe actually every single one was 13, but they were not 18, they right. weren't 21. Didn't, I believe John Travolta was in his late 20s when they did Grease, mid to late 20s. Ben Platt in Dear Evan Hansen was in his late 20s, so it, it's, it becomes forced after a while, and it mm-hmm. becomes like, oh, I don't know, I think they're, you're talking about ki- kids and teens at a certain age, use that. Right. It doesn't make sense why you wouldn't. And so that was my well, question it, for you. It, thought it totally cool. made sense in this um, area because I, I've i worked plenty of bar mitzvah, bat mitzvahs in the event industry. I've seen what these kids are like. And these kids really, really represent what who's going to these parties and who's in middle school. You know, so it, it just worked. Yeah, yeah. You know? It really did. The energy was there. It was like, it was almost like, these teenagers were maybe 10 or 11 years old when the pandemic started. So they were like busting at the seams to get out and keep dancing and singing. And what an appropriate time to kind of just let this movie free. And it was just wonderful. And I it just was thought it was so cool. exciting to kind of just see them all in that space too. You know, we're seeing all of these actors, young aspiring actors to really hit the ground running in the industry and seeing them there and seeing them all so happy and being part of this film was great. It just really... It really made the experience better for me because I had no idea going into this show. I only mm. ever listened to the first two songs from the soundtrack when mm. I was younger. Mm. I, I didn't see the show. And after uh, Lamest Place in the World, I would always turn it off. So. Okay. Well, now you have a and, – and, and there's some added songs. Yes. yes. There were. Actually, they added I've Been Waiting, The Bloodmaster, and It Would Be Funny to the film – so it's interesting because I would really want to probably go back and study the original Broadway cast and those three songs to see what did they incorporate from mm-hmm. um, the, the songs that were removed from the musical to what's been added. Right. Totally. And it's interesting listening to some of those songs, the same songs from the Broadway show, and hearing just, I just, like I said earlier, there was a freshening up of this music. The, the added songs were very pop modern. I thought that was really great. And a lot of times when I think Jason Robert Brown, I think ballad, because yeah. I think he writes a gorgeous ballad, or I think like orchestral. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to hear some really fresh modern sound. I was like, can we get him into some... Hollywood studios, some music studios to write some pop stuff because he's such a great writer. Totally. I mean, I like how he writes music. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times I find some of his scores to sound the same, though. And this one, I don't know if he had someone come in here and help him refresh some of these songs. Well, there were some music producers on the film, too. Okay, because these songs were really taken out of their element from what was put on the stage to what's been added to the movie. It was very bass-heavy. It was very bop-heavy. And I was like, I'm just seeing that the kids are going to eat this up on platforms like Instagram and TikTok, make videos to it, dance to it. And I can't wait to actually see people embrace this film especially with the youth of today it's really tying in you know great musical theater into more of a pop moment it's also putting accessibility of the art form and netflix being the prime example if this was released by another studio no offense to other studios who release movie musicals we have more coming up but when you put it on Netflix where so many people have access to that mm-hmm. and they can sit in their bedrooms or their living rooms and they can sit with mom and dad, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, or they can sit by themselves and they can watch something like this. One of the producers in the beginning of this film at the screening said how excited she was to have the masses of teenagers see this. Mm-hmm. I think when you're a 
12-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old. And as these uh, characters are figuring it out, you know, they say that we're figuring this out. I think what's so impressive is when you see kids today and teenagers today also trying to figure it out. And right. so how many of them can see this? And they're not saying, oh, well, that's a musical about high school. Mm-hmm. Like Mean Girls, Prom, some of the Grease, they're about high school. Mm-hmm. Dear Evan Hansen. And so it's like, oh, well, I'll be there in a few years or I'm not. But this kind of brought that down to kids who are really at that turning point of figuring out what their life is and where their life's going to go. And this really brought some light to that age group more than what you normally see. And I think the producers really know that and they're excited to see the response from the 13-year-olds of America and the world. Totally, especially because this is what I think kids are going through. You know, the 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 funny parts of, oh, I'm having my 13th birthday, it's my bar mitzvah, and none of these kids have really ever heard of a bar mitzvah, but they even have a joke in there of, like, what one thinks a bar mitzvah is, and seeing the kids react to that and seeing how, like, almost the game of telephone works mm-hmm. there, and that's literally what happens in middle school, but it's also about, like, you're finding your niche. You're finding, are, are, am I popular? Am I a little bit odd? Am I this? And how do they come together as kids still? Because when we're growing up, we're all like, we're all friends. Mm, mm. And then you start going through puberty and you start figuring out like, oh, this is cool and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I like basketball, but I like recycling. And, yeah, yeah, you know they, yeah. And they all go, kind of go their own path. And then when there's these book scenes with the kids, see, I liked the book scenes with the teens mm-hmm. because there was, it was like, are they going to kiss? I think they like each other. Are they, and, and part of me was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, no, no, I think this is like literally how teenagers were talking in middle school cafeteria. Middle school cafeteria conversations are not like adult conversations, you know, and what is a big deal to them is a party a great grade in school, mom and dad issues at home, uh, friendships, kissing a boy or a girl for the first time. Those are the th- big deal things, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought they highlighted that so well throughout all the musical numbers and their book scenes, too. Right. Because I think what this musical really does is it, it's so much more than just having a birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's just learning how to start being yourself in this world, even though you're only 13. And the bar mitzvah represents becoming the man or the bar mitzvah becoming the woman, right? So here yes. in the Jewish faith, they, they discuss that. And I think that's really, really cool that that was tied into all of it. Totally. Which is kind of like a question that I want to ask and I want to ask everyone, too, is... Um, the tagline for the film is raise your voice, even if it cracks. So after seeing this film now, and after you all watch this film, what does this line mean to you? And also if that could just mean what it means to you, but what does it mean to you? And what does it mean to the film? So the, even if it cracks being the humor as a lot of vocal cords crack at 13 years old, right? (laughs) But raise your voice. It kind of goes back to every voice matters in all industries. And And I say this when we talk about our Broadway episodes, everything belongs on Broadway. So this, the voice of a 13 year old and what they're going through, raise your voice. We had representation in the best ways in this film. Every 
everyone was represented here. Mm-hmm. Male, female, people of color, disabled actors, I mean, it, it, and characters. It was so strong. Everybody has a voice. Everyone was heard. And what I loved about this is what an ensemble piece it is, because it's not like two mainly, you know, Evan's really a lead, but everyone else is so equal. Who's really dancing? Who's really singing? Who's got a lot of dialogue? And they're all really present. So raise your voice and lift your voice. I believe you said uh, raise your voice mm-hmm. means everyone's heard everyone. And I loved that. That was an important message, I think. Yeah. And I think for me, there's something else there as well, because sometimes I think we think raise your voice, like meaning like you need to get angry mm. to get your way. Mm. And I found what this musical and what this film really does is it does the opposite. Mm. You didn't need to raise your voice to get your way. You just needed to bring your opinion to the table. Mm. And I think that's such a motto that so many of us can like live by and listen to, you know, daily Mm. because when things were going wrong, it was easy for someone to either get mad or stop talking to someone or just saying, Oh, I'm done being friends with them. When in reality, they just needed to go have a conversation Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. lift the voices of each other Mm -hmm. up. Bring all of our voices together in unison. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful message that the film has. Mm -hmm. When the kids were all mad at each other, they all were like, you know what? We're not going to be friends. And we're not going to go to Evan's party. And I don't like him. And I don't like her anymore. And, oh, these two are dating now. But they didn't really want to. And it really just took the fact that they needed to go raise their voice. Not yell. But speak their minds. Speak their minds. Lift up what they have to say because you never know who's going to hear you Mm -hmm. and be part of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, there's such a message there. It was very, very nice. And that's a great way to put that tagline of that for sure. And I think this is a great message for just the youth today to see because I feel like a lot of teenagers these today and even us moving into this world and being afraid to speak our minds because of what's been told to us for so long and here we're saying okay no 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 you can actually go and say what you have to say right you know very 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 special it's very in these last few minutes let's talk a little bit about what it was like being at the film screening So we (laughs) got there. It was amazing that we saw the stars on the step and repeat. We saw Deborah Messing there, which was wonderful. We saw Josh Peck there. And we were sitting amongst the cast. It was very cool. I guess most of them are New York-based, where they came to New York, uh, which was very, very exciting. And And then at the end, we had a very special performance by a musician named Alec Benjamin who performed some of the songs from the show. That was very, or or some of his stuff as well as songs from the show. Very, very special. It was star studded. It was nice. It was so nice that we were invited and we loved being there. It was Netflix puts on a really, you know, it was at the Paris theater, which is a legendary film theater in uh, a movie theater in uh, Midtown Manhattan. What was your overall thoughts about how the night went just being at the screening? That was fun. I mean, I didn't really know what I was going to expect by going to this mm. uh, screening because I was like, is it just a screening? Who's going to be there? Is mm. it? Is that like, is this the movie premiere? Who knows? Because it's Netflix. And I, we've seen movie premieres who, from growing up as kids to adults. And, you know, usually the it's the star-studded red carpet and everyone's in ball counts and tuxedos and whatnot. But this this was a fun way to do it because it's Netflix. So they only have to show the, the screening to a few people before it's out there to the world. Yeah. And 
I was more blown away. I was like, wow, this was really fun to just go and, you know, you get your water, you get your popcorn, yeah, you see everyone. Nice. But again, to be in there with the environment yeah. of the cast and really getting to see them all see the the film as well. And you're sitting among them and you're like, wow, this is fun. And J.S.R. Brown was there. Mm-hmm. He spoke with the producers in the beginning, which was very cool to see him. Uh, he's always got another show coming up. It's amazing to see what he's doing. And this was special. And I believe he was one of the producers on this too, which was really, really nice. Really, really, really great stuff. I hope, you know, one more thing I was, I was going to ask. We... I feel like when High School Musical came and the last maybe, you know, 15 years or so, maybe close to 20 years, we've seen a lot of this. We're seeing a lot of children and teenagers represented and with Disney and with Netflix and with Broadway, they're putting the spectacle of musical theater into the hands of all ages. And it's not just an art form for older people anymore. Are we seeing this trend of more movie musicals for kids, with kids, about kids. I feel like we're always going to see movie musicals. I just feel like that's something that we're always, mm-hmm. we kind of have always seen. Well, there's definitely been time periods where we didn't have many for a while. But right. I think in the last 20 years, when I always say Chicago, the movie musical of Chicago really reignited the movie musical industry. In the yeah. 90s, it kind of was, the 80s into the 90s was kind of low. But now with everybody puts a song in a show, you turn on a TV show and there's a musical number at some point. So what is, what do you think the future is of movie musicals for, like I said earlier, for kids, with kids, by kids, about kids? Hmm. I think the future is there. Hmm. I wouldn't say it's not. I think that it's, hmm, it probably comes down to the story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's going to come down to, is there a story to be told? Mm-hmm. And is it going to be consistently just about high school or middle school kids, kind of just, you know, coming of age stories over and over again? Then, yeah, it's going to get a little stale and probably not what we need. But if there is a good story out there that features young performers and people are going to want to see it, then, yeah, I think it, it works. One of the reasons why I ask it is uh, when I was in middle school – you know, we did, we had talked about this a few episodes ago, we did like The Music Man and and, and all the characters are adults and mm-hmm. you're a 13 year old playing an adult. And so right. many, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's really great that scripts can be made junior for that. But when you see a script like this, where you're playing a character that is also your age, I think that's really important. High School Musical kind of does that. 13 now does that. And, and now maybe these schools will do more productions of it where you're casting kids and teenagers in roles that are meant for them. And I think that that's very different than when you do Fiddler on the Roof Jr. or the Music Man Jr. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes when you're a 13 or a 14 or 15-year-old and you're playing Eponine and Les Mis or, you know, Mr. Madame Tenardier or, you know, and now you see this. It's like this is a great opportunity for kids and teens. But that's also what's interesting, too, is what is the, what is the statistic of middle school doing 13? Right. What is the statistic of high school students doing 13, mm-hmm. the musical? Mm-hmm. And are they going to maybe revamp the script to include more of the movie? Maybe. Or is it going to continuously be what was already on the stage? That'll be interesting to see what they're licensing out now. Because I think there will be a boom this school year after this comes out um, of middle schools and high schools. And maybe, but they're you know, probably going to want to do it by incorporating a lot of these pop yeah. effects that were brought into yeah the movie but that's also going to come down to our schools doing pop scores to begin with right 
You right. know, when you're in a school production of things, you you have a full orchestra, and I feel like when you've seen a lot of high schools lately doing like Mamma Mia, that's been the first one of the first big you know pop scores coming to the school environment, and so this could be another one that falls. Right, and just in high schools in general too. I mean, we we see high schools do kind of the same thing over and over again, but we're getting more productions of things like Dear Evan Hansen and Mean Girls that are leaving the Broadway stage but feature high school mm-hmm. um, age-appropriate characters, right, right. are they going to start doing right. those shows as well? Right. Are they doing The Lightning Thief? Are they doing right. 13? These are kids' shows, right. teenager shows. Matilda. You Matilda. Know, yes, exactly. And like I said, I think there's a – you know, I always think – um, theater educators and, and high school directors and middle school directors doing a little bit of everything. Do the Susicles, yeah. you know, then do the, do, do a little bit of everything. Give the kids an experience of playing an animal on stage, then playing an adult character on stage, then playing a 13 year old on stage. Right. I think right. that's great. And that's very but, cool. It, that's what theater should be though, yeah. to the performers. It, relatable. Yeah. Because yeah. when it's relatable, then you're going to get a good product. Yes. You know, for sure. Wow. Oh my gosh. Out of time. This has been uh, a lot of fun. And I really, really, really enjoyed this. I'm so glad we got to see this in the film screening. I'm so glad that so many people, and hopefully a lot of people will access this podcast episode knowing that this is on Netflix. It's right at, literally at your fingertips or your remote control. Hopefully most of you have Netflix and are able to see this um, for sure. So Thank you all so much for listening today. This was a wildly fun time. And as a time but, where... Yes. But wait, what are your final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. Yes. Final <laughs> don't, thoughts. Don't, I almost signed us off. Don't skip final our thoughts. final thoughts. Final I mean. thoughts. Okay, that, I'll, I'll let you go first on final thoughts. My final thoughts are, I really enjoyed this way more than I thought I was gonna, going to. So maybe no expectations are good expectations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for okay. a film like this. Um, I... I'm always on the teeter-totter of Jason Robert Brown's scores, so I either love it or I hate it. Okay. And this one I really loved. It's actually up there. Okay, great. Okay. It's actually up there. Okay. But I do like that a lot of the pop influences were brought into this score. So I maybe I wouldn't have loved it if it was just a traditional Broadway theater score. Okay. Um, and But it was really fresh. It was young. It was refreshing to see something like this. And I really appreciate that Netflix is bringing theater to their platform. Yes. You know, yes. That, I, that's one thing I have to say. My overall thoughts are I I really enjoyed this. I like the changes that were made for the most part. Like I said, a couple stiff moments here and there with some of the book scenes, but the kids really brought it. The choreography is amazing. Shout out to the all boys number. Oh, yeah. Um, which I always love when these shows put these all boy numbers in because it really shows, you know, I, there was an all girls number with opportunity, right? Then there was the all boys number, the... Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. Bad news? No. Bad bad news. Bad bad news. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. I'm not saying that you know we need to have songs gendered like that. I'm just saying it's nice to see get the boys up on stage dancing and singing. Sometimes you know uh, there's so many girl numbers and it's so nice to see totally. that too. And then of course all the the mix of numbers. But yeah, it I was mean, totally bravo to all of these young people. All of them. Here. All of them. So many amazing. I could name all of them. There's so many of them yeah. here, but they all were amazing and they really really did an awesome job. So. Everyone check this out on Netflix. The score is fun. We were singing it on the way home. It would bop in and it was great. So it is really great. I hope we see more of this in the future for sure. Same. We thank you. And now I'll do my sign off. Okay. We thank you all so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed. You know, Broadway's got a lot of new stuff coming. So it was nice to have this movie musical opportunity in the middle of summer uh, for sure as a lot of new shows are coming your way. So keep listening for the pop episodes, the Broadway episodes, and everything in between. 
Totally. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Please follow at Half Hour Podcast on all social platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're all over the place posting. Uh, we love having you all chime in and comment. So please comment on any posts you see. Let us know what you're liking, what you're hearing. If you agree, do you disagree? We'd love to engage in the conversation. And everyone head over to Netflix and, and watch 13 The Musical Friday, August 12th. It's all out on all Netflix, on the Netflix platform. <laughs> so we thank you all so much for listening today. More to come. And signing off for now, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.